When this boy meets girl, this boy meets world. When this girl meets boy, meets boy, meets Hello class, open up your textbooks to Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World Season 4, Episode 20. 420, all blazed. Woo woo! Woo! Chapter titled Security Guy. 420 is about a security guy? That security guy would uh, raid your locker yeah. and take your weed. Yeah. This was 1997. Weed was not legal anywhere. For, That's true. For what it's worth, I, I don't smoke. But um, I fully support everyone who does. <laughs> yes, me too. Um, I'm Alden. I'm Tanya. I'm the boy. I'm the girl. And now we're going to talk about the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a couple weeks. It's been one full cycle. We have not recorded. Is that what it's called in podcast world? In my podcast world, full, yes. It's been a full cycle. It's been a moon cycle since we've last recorded the moon podcast. A fortnight. Uh, that's a video game, and it's very popular. That is a time cycle. Uh, yeah, because you play it for a long time. That's true. You used to play it a lot. I did when it first came out. I was uh, I was determined to win a match. Our kids still play every once in a while. But yeah, not often. Yeah, not often. Um, it's a good social game, I think, for them. So mm-hmm. every now and then when they have a friend who wants to just hang out and play a dumb game, they play Fortnite. They've been playing Minecraft with their friends a lot lately, yeah. which is like crazy because Caden started playing Minecraft when he was five years old. Yeah. Like five years old. And he is now 16. Yeah. And he has not stopped playing Minecraft. You know, what I was thinking about today is how old our kids will be when this podcast is finished. Like, <laughs> it's going to be... We're going to be like, yes, we went to Aubrey's house for Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> her and Olivia's bakery. Like, it's going to be so... Like, she's an adult running her own bakery and living in North Carolina. And we're going to be like, so... And this is how Eric felt about... <laughs> um. Anyway, do you, do you want to tell people why we missed a week? Tanya? Yes. My lovely wife. Uh-huh. Who you love very much. Uh-huh. And our rooster. And our rooster. I love our rooster very much. You do. Go on. I do. Alden <laughs> hates our rooster. He wants to eat our rooster for dinner. And I love our rooster very much. Thank God. Because if I didn't, Alden would have killed and eaten the rooster already. I mean, I don't know if that's a thank goodness. Because I would rather just do that. Anyway, get, tell me. Tell you how we had computer issues last week? Uh Uh-huh. Let me tell Alden how he spilled water on his own computer last week. (sighs) So I'm a healthy person and I like to drink lots of water. And uh, I had a giant uh, cup, like a big, I think it's probably my Spider-Man cup or maybe my Deadpool cup. It's like, it's one of those huge ones. They're like big cups that you like the special ones or like the giant Slurpee cups. Yeah, and so I wanted to make sure I had plenty of water for my work day. And uh, at the same time, my boss wanted to make sure he had to call and yell at me about something. And I didn't realize my uh, my headset cord was wrapped around the same water that was sustaining me. So I grabbed my headset in a fit, pulled it over my head, and 
an entire I had just filled up the water bottle or water water cup and it just went everywhere my I happened to set it directly over my desktop computer which is not what I was using for work so the new desk that I just built which is made out of two by fours so it has cracks in between it just it just leaked directly into the computer like straight into the computer I dove down pulled out the cords for the computer so that it wouldn't like short circuit and I slid it across the room I put a towel under the desk and I called my boss and said hey what's up (laughs) (laughs) we're not not accident prone people like I tell the kids all the time no you cannot have cups of water at your desk where your computer is no you cannot have cups of water on your dresser where your tv is yeah don't don't put liquids near your electronics, yeah. please. I tell them all the time. That is what you tell them all the time. But I'm an adult, and it was the middle of a work day. You want me to not drink water? No, but you could put the she water. She wants me to die. You could have put the water on the side of our bookshelf. Oh, so I have to like get up and get my water every time I want to drink? Then I won't drink water. Well, look how it turned out. Yeah, just fine. We're recording a podcast. We got a week off. We got a vacation. <laughs> it was not a vacation. <laughs> we're like in that time of the year where we're always always busy too and like people are asking us to do things and trying to keep it all in order is very very difficult Mm -hmm. because we like to be at home all the time yeah and we're making plans with one side of the family and then realizing we already made plans with the other side of the family and like we have friends at the same time that we're like oh yeah we're free too oh wait no we're actually not free too like we're very very busy yeah it's hard being so popular. It's hard out here. Yeah. It's hard out here on the streets. The mean <laughs> boy meets world streets. We did have something very exciting happen yesterday. What happened, Tanya? Yesterday was Friday, October 16th. <laughs> Why does that matter? Because this is a defining moment in my life. Okay. I'm at work. I'm just working away. I had a lot to do. And Caden calls my cell phone, which he never does during the day. So I'm like, oh, no, what happened? And I answer the phone. I'm like, Caden. And he's like, Mom, we got an egg. So um, two of our chickens now have laid eggs officially. It's been a long, hard road. And I'm so excited that this happened. So I got that's how excited you are. We got a, a 20 second monologue about eggs and we're done. Um <laughs> It was very exciting. You know what else we did? What? We watched Boy Meets World. Don't take my line from me. Well, you paused for too long. It wasn't too long. It was dramatic effect. (laughs) You don't... don't, It felt dramatically boring, and I'm dramatically impatient. You're dramatic, for sure, but you don't understand timing. I do understand timing. I'm trying to time this so that it moves right along. All right. Tanya's busy. She she's made it clear that you're not important to her. She just wants Stop to that right get now. through this. That's ridiculous. Blur me up. Okay. Faster. Wait, did Come you on. have anything going on this Faster. week? Faster. Anything happen other hey, than you spilling water time. on a computer? Uh no. Faster. Go. Okay. I I hurt my foot skateboarding. Oh yeah. Uh, I started skateboarding. <laughs> Cuz I'm 37 and I'm having a midlife crisis. It's definitely a less expensive midlife crisis than a lot of people. Yeah. So I'll take it. Yeah. The kids all got skateboards because they all of a sudden decided they were into it. Aubrey decided she was into it. And then everybody in the world was like, me too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she got a skateboard and everybody else in the world was like, me too. And 
I went outside, I got on it, I tried to do a couple tricks, couldn't do it, was very mad that I couldn't do any tricks anymore because I'm 37 years old and I haven't skateboarded in 15 years, 20 years, and uh, I ordered a skateboard. (laughs) (laughs) But can you do tricks now? I can. I landed a pop shove it the other day. I then immediately, as soon as I landed the pop shove it, I was like, yes, I feel so validated. And then, just like 20 years ago, I thought, oh no. Now the feeling's gone. So I set up another skateboard and I rode down the street and I ollied over it like a cool kid. And then what happened? And I broke my toe. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's currently taped to my other toe so that I don't move it because I want it to heal quick. And it's Because I got to get back. Dark purple. I got to get shredding again. I don't. I got to do whatever I can to heal it so that I can shred Again, cowabunga dude. I would like to get you a t-shirt that says, gotta get shredding again. Gotta get shredding again. My friends told me that I need to get a Ninja Turtle sticker for it, because I'm radical. Oh, maybe. Yeah. I I put a bunch of stickers on it, because I'm a nerd. I had to make it my own. I really am. This is like my, uh, I feel like a child again. Whatever works, as long as you don't hurt your back. Oh, I will. But that's no different than when I was 17. That's such a weird thing for a 17-year-old to have happen is that you, you hurt your back at 17. I had a bad back when I, I I was born with a bad back. I was like 12 going to the doctor, getting my back looked at, and he said, wow, your back shouldn't be this bad at your age. And I said, don't tell me, old man. <laughs> born with a bad back, the Alden Bear story. It's true. Yeah, it's a very short book, too. Why? Because then the rest of the book is just me saying, yeah, no, I'll, I'll be there, and then figuring out a way to get out of it. <laughs> <laughs> so I can stay home and play video games and skateboard. <laughs> um, blur me up. Good God. Okay. Talk about dramatic pauses. <laughs> the blurb for season four, episode 20, security guy is, Eric takes a job as a security guard. And? That's it. And? And learns about himself in the process. Okay. All right. I'll take it. Um, this episode was directed by Jeff McCracken, and it was written by Matthew Nelson. Maddie Nels is back again. And uh, how does it start, Tanya? Does it start in the classroom? It, it does not start in the classroom. We're at the store. The store that Eric and Alan own together because mm-hmm. they use Eric's college fund to pay for the store yeah so because he wasn't gonna go to college is a partner yep at this store that they're in at the beginning of this episode i mean you asked i i did so then what happens so eric is very excited because he spent the store's money to bring in a bear a real bear a tv bear a tv bear but not like a bear like we're bears (laughs) because of the all right, so they, uh, Alan is not as excited about the fact that there is a bear in the store with a trainer who has no arm. Mm-hmm. He has one arm, mm-hmm. uh, and he is, uh, I guess that's a nod to how dangerous this bear is, because he's telling them that the bear can't be, first off, it, he's saying it costs $2,500. Right. Alan is very upset. But he's like, but there's a line around our whole store. So if each of those people buys even just a pair of socks, like, we've got the money to pay for this. In 
reality, the bear is sitting on a table. It's mm-hmm. just chilling on a table. It is not being aggressive. Like, if you sat any animal on a table and it was an aggressive animal, it would be aggressive on that table. Like, it's not going to want to be on that table. Right. And it wasn't. Okay. It was fine. Yeah, but that doesn't mean it's safe around people. That's true. Uh, so... Alan says, I don't want to, you know, as long as they each buy the thing, it's fine. And the guy goes, wait, 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 you're not letting people in to see the bear, are you? And Eric's like, yes, like, that's the point. And Alan's like, yeah, the people come in, the people buy stuff, they see the bear, and then they leave. And basically, they have a whole thing about how it's a TV bear. It's only used to being around children. They decide, oh, maybe we can just let the children. And the guy says, no, you still need to get the female bear. That's another $2,500. So, so Eric like walks over to the bear and he's just like, I don't understand. Like everything is fine. The bear is fine. And the bear like stands up and roars in his face. And Alan is like, you're fired. He basically, he's just like, you have to go. He says you you don't work. He says you don't work here anymore. To the partner that paid for his store. No. to Oh yeah. To the partner, Eric. The partner that paid for his store. Right. Like not the employee that he hired, but the partner. Right. That paid for his store. I wonder what you're you're going to feel about this episode, Tanya. I mean, that's just a little blip, but I just want to point out the fact that Eric is not an employee that can be just terminated. He is a partner, and he paid for the store with his college money. Wait, is that what you were trying to point out? I was very confused about it. Was, you're so subtle sometimes. You're just subtle about the things that you were trying to get across. Yeah, that's what a lot of people say about me. Like yeah. they talk about how I'm like the queen of subtlety. Yeah. Um. So I, that's why I had to make sure that you understood yeah. because I know how subtle I can be. Yeah, up in the top of subtle tower. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, giant subtle tower. <laughs> um. Oh, we forgot about the fact that they talked about Little House on the Prairie. So this week, I have not made it uh, um, a secret that I love my local library's, like, digital catalog. We use Hoopla. I think every different library, like, system uses a different thing, but Hoopla is the one that our county uses. And Hoopla, if you'd like to sponsor us, I just, like... (laughs) I would really like to get our skills across Hoopla's here. Who free, though? I That doesn't mean they don't get anything out of this. Anyway, um, the great part about Hoopla is that I was able to delete Audible and not have that expense every month because you get 12 <laughs> so audiobooks we, every month. So we will never get sponsored by Hoopla because they don't charge for it. Right. Audible... We could feasibly, like, they sponsor (laughs) lots of podcasts, and you just lit them on fire and said, (laughs) don't get Audible that you have to pay for. Audible's never going to sponsor us, and here's why. I don't believe in it anymore, and I don't know that I could be like, let me have this company that I don't believe in. How many Um, Audible books do you own? 200. So but times that by $15. I know. And I probably have a solid hundred of them. Together, we have like 425 books. So what you're saying is you believed in it so hard for so long. And now all of a sudden you're like, it's dead to me. Yeah, because now I can listen to 12 books a month for free. <laughs> 
And sometimes they don't have the books that like I'm looking for, but it's fine because I can just like buy the actual book and read it like a person. Anyway, I found out that uh, Hoopla has the entire Little House on the Prairie series on audiobooks. So I've been listening to that because it was my favorite growing up. So I'm like listening to it and I come in the room one night. I had been outside with the chickens and I came in the room and I looked at Alden and I was like, it's insane to me that I never saw anything wrong with the way that they spoke about different types of people in these books. But because of how I was raised, it, it it was just like, well, that's just how it was back then, which instead of talking to us about why it was not um, correct. But anyway, I'm telling Alden about this and he just starts laughing because apparently on Critical Role, his favorite podcast, one of the girls had just said that they were listening to Little House on the Prairie books. It wasn't one of the girls. It was Laura Bailey. One of the girls, one of the random girls that Alden doesn't even care about was listening to Little House on the Prairie books. And then we're watching Boy Meets World last night and they bring up Little House on the Prairie as well. So we go back to the kitchen. We go to the kitchen. It's the next morning. Amy and Alan are having breakfast. And Amy is like, you know, it was a good thing that you let him go. Like You've given him so many chances. Right. Um, and Alan's like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I did the right thing. And Amy's like, the problem with you is that you coddle Eric. Like, you treat him differently than you treat the other kids. And he's worse off for it. This hasn't been helpful to him. And this is probably the kick in the pants that he needs yeah, to some, figure out what he wants to do with his life. Sometimes everybody needs a little tough love, and Eric doesn't get enough tough love. Right. And then Eric comes downstairs. And he's like, come on, Dad, time to go to work. Let's go. We got to clean the bear stink out of the store. And um, Eric's like, I, I mean, Alan's just like, oh, a- Amy. Amy, Amy says, comes over and is like, hey, you were fired. And a- Eric goes, yeah, I know. We covered that. Anyway, come on, Dad, let's go. And... Amy basically is like, no, Eric, you're fired. Like, she refires him. Yeah, so Eric leaves because he got fired. Um, and Alan is like, and Eric comes over and he's like, I, you can't fire me. Dad would have to fire me. And he's like, Eric, you're not getting it. You can't go into work today, right? Right, yeah. No, he's like, I did fire you. Oh, because he does that whole thing where he's like, I don't work for mama, your mama. I work for dada. And they're like, okay, so good point. You're fired. Yeah. And then we go to the living room for our B plot, which is Corey and Topanga and Sean. And their SAT propaganda yet again. SAT propaganda. SATs were a big deal in the 90s. I mean, they're still a big deal to people who care about SATs. Fred doesn't think they're a big deal at all. Fred's like, SATs are stupid. I'm tired of Boy Meets World talking about them. Just like drilling SAT prep into our brains. He's so mad that I'm not laying in bed with him. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so they're they're going over uh, uh, SAT stuff, but Sean wants no part of it. And they're trying to convince Sean that he needs to take the SATs. Well, and he they're trying to convince him to take at least the prep course that Feeney is doing. Um, and he's like, no, because I'm not taking the SAT. So it's because not I'm not a- going to, I'm not going to college. I, I got your colleges picked out because I want to live with you guys while you guys go to college. So here's this one in I think it was Italy. Italy yeah, because he wants to ride in the little canoes yeah. in Venice. And um. And Topanga's like, those are gondolas. And he's like, see? College girl? Um, so they have a whole, like, argument about it. And Sean's just like, whatever. I'm going to go canoe shopping. 
and off he goes. And then we cut back to the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Oh, Amy, this is where Amy tells Alan that, that Eric's been coddled and that he did the right thing, that this was best for everyone. Why has Alan not gone to work yet? So that's what I was wondering. Is it the next day? Is it I the think it same might be day? the evening. Yeah, it was weird. I um, think it's the evening. I think time has passed and now it's the evening. And Also, it's Boy Meets World and time just exists in this uh, uh, vacuum. I feel like that about this whole year. So I feel like we might be living in Boy Meets World. Uh, yeah. 2020 is the Boy Meets World of years. Yes. No. 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 But <laughs> the vacuum. The time vacuum. Um. But anyway, so Amy is saying, like, you did the right thing. I know you feel bad, but you coddle him too much. You don't treat him the same as you treat the other ones. It's very apparent. And Alan's talking about how bad they are as parents. And Amy says, no, we're not bad parents. We've got great kids, Corey and Morgan. Oh, my God. Tiny I was got getting so mad. So mad. Um, because at this point, they're not saying anything that was even remotely okay like Mm -hmm. it as parents you definitely can blame yourself when your kids you know do something that is disrespectful to other people or whatever where you're just like i really i should have taught them about this i can't believe that i dropped the ball on this but they are saying that they're bad parents but then also blaming Eric for why they're bad parents. Mm-hmm. They're just like, well, he's just a big old dumb baby. Yeah, it's not at all fault he's dumb. Right. It was really, and then they were like, but but Corey and Morgan, they're the best. They're the good kids. Mm-hmm. And I'm because just we like, learned from our mistakes with Eric, and that's when Amy says, like, yeah, because you coddled Eric his whole life. And Alan's like, but that was my baby boy. Right. And uh, and Amy's like, we need to get a second opinion. So they go out back to the backyard, duh, and. Uh, they are berating one George Feeney mm-hmm. and trying to ask him questions about um, whether or not Eric was a good kid or smart or anything. And Feeney says Eric is just lazy. The right. pro- that's that's the problem. It's not that he's dumb. It's that he's lazy. He has no work ethic. Um, he could he could pass classes in his sleep. In fact, he has. And then. Corey comes running up with this giant book and he's just like, Mr. Feeney, I'm going to take your SATs and I'm going to take your SAT course, but I'm going to do it to spite you. Like, because he's mad about how big the book is and he's like going off about it. And Feeney's just over life at this point. Right. And But also amidst all of this, Alan's getting angry at Mr. Feeney for talking bad about mm-hmm. Eric not trying. Mm-hmm. So he's like, that's that's my son you're talking about. And But they were just saying terrible things about Eric. And right now, Mr. Feeney's saying, no, 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 he's actually really smart. He just doesn't try. Right. I do think, though, like... There's always that, you know, you can you can't say anything about my brother or sister, but I... Like, that's my job, but you can't say anything. Didn't you have that with your, with Alicia? Some, but, um, and, and definitely with our kids. Yeah. But Alan was saying really hurtful things, and Mr. Feeney is actually saying something that's not hurtful at all. Right. He's saying he has the potential to be incredible. Yeah, what Mr. Feeney is say- saying is completely constructive. Right. Um, and so they're talking about this, and Eric comes out. And he's all decked out mm-hmm. in a whole uniform. Mm-hmm. 
And Amy was like, you were supposed to find a job today. Why are you in that costume? And Eric says, it's not a costume. This is my job. I'm a security guard now. And they're like, oh, come on, Eric. He went out. And got a job. Got a job. And it wasn't good enough for them. And it was probably a decent paying job. You know, at, at 19 or whatever, it's probably a great paying job. And even if it wasn't, he did the thing that they told him to do. Yeah. And it wasn't good enough. <laughs> but, They're like, why would you want to be a security guard? That's so dumb. But they, they, um, they, they say, why would you want to do this? And he goes, and I don't remember all of the reasons. I wish I could. It was like, one. I get to be I get to be in charge. Two, blah blah blah. Three, blah blah blah. Four, I'm packing heat. And she goes, You get a gun? And he goes, No, I got a heater in the office. It's cold at night. <laughs> <laughs> it was really, really funny. Um, but he's excited about this job. And one of the things that he's very excited about is that he likes the people who work there and he's excited to have a partner. Mm-hmm. Like, I would like to point out again. Yes. That he was a partner in the business and was treated badly, was treated like an employee, and he's excited to have a partner Wait, in this job. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Hold on. Is that what you were getting at before? It is. Sometimes I wish this was a video podcast. Um, They say, Eric, this is it. That's enough. Your free ride's over. He has a job. <laughs> yeah. And Feeney at this point has said, like, like, Eric is bright and intelligent. Like, he's one of the smartest kids that I know. He just doesn't apply himself. He says, like, these glowing things about this boy that he obviously knows better than anybody else. And with good reason, he has spent more, like, one-on-one time with this kid than Eric's own parents have in, yeah. like, an environment of, I would say, like, nurturing. Like, Feeney has spent one-on-one time by choice with Eric. Feeney went to the fucking opera with Eric. Right, with Eric. They spent, they had dinner together in Boston. Mm -hmm. Like, they have spent so much time together. He knows Eric. They talked about girls, like, real for real, where Alan's talking about girls is going, hey, hey, nice job, Eric. Yeah. Nice job, Eric. I don't know what that voice was. (laughs) It was South Park. Was it? Yeah. (laughs) Um... So anyway, Eric says, whatever, uh, you're right. The free ride is over. I won't be home tonight. I'm moving out. Mm-hmm. And we hear sad music or something. I don't know. He's doing whatever. He's doing great he's, for himself. Yeah, he's an adult. Like, And they're treating him like he's five. So we go back to school the next day in the hallway. Um, Topanga and Corey are studying for the SATs still. And Topanga is loudly asking Corey questions from the SAT prep book. And... They are very easy, easy questions that were not in the SAT prep book. Corey says, uh, Topanga, which one of these is not part of mud, dirt, water, or turkey? And Sean goes, "Ah, turkey. And Topanga's like, what? I didn't even know that. And uh, Mr. Feeney walks over and is like, what are you guys doing? What are you guys doing? And Corey's like, oh, we're just studying for our SATs. And Sean's doing really, really well. You should tell him to join our SAT prep course. He's like, the next question I was going to ask is, what was sweet, sugar or salt? And Sean's like, oh my, 
oh my gosh, it, it's sugar. Like he's very excitedly answering these questions. And Mr. Phoenix is like, let me get my glasses out. I don't think. And Corey's like, and you can tell Sean about how your SAT prep course is like a carnival. Like it's very fun. He's like, we're trying to give him confidence that would tell him that this is a good thing for him to do. And he would have a good time and it would be great for him. And Mr. Feeney is like, no, it's going to be hard. And Corey's like, why would you do that? He's going to be a, a loser and he's going to drop out and he's going to, he's he's not going to get a job and he's no, going to live with you. No, he says he's going to get a job, but it's a very valid job that he says that they make it seem like he shouldn't want to get. It's like a trash truck mm. driver or something. It's something that is in like the service industry. And, and it's it says, just like. <gasps> and it says he's going to live with you. And Mr. Feeney is like, oh, there will be cake. We get it from the bakery. The bakery that makes the cake. And Sean's just like, there's cake? And Corey's like, what else? What else is there, Mr. Feeney? And he says there's a talent show some nights. Yes. But he does then say, but in between, you're going to have to do a lot of learning. And Sean is like, yeah, 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 whatever. Talent show. Tell me more. And I can't believe a talent show is what lured this teenager into doing an SAT prep course. Talent show doesn't seem like the kind of thing Sean would be into at all. It was very confusing as to why he's like, well, cake doesn't quite get me there, but talent show. So anyway, we go back to the store. Amy's working now. Amy's working the counter since Eric's not there. Mm -hmm. Um, Eric walks in in his security guard garb Mm -hmm. and he's like, hey, hey, mom, didn't think I'd see you here. Uh, It's been a while, hasn't it? And she goes, "It's, it's been 12 hours. And Eric walks in. He's like, this is my partner. And I forget his name. It was like J- JC or something. No, it's more than R, I thought. RP? R? Whatever. Damn it. We forget things. We forget things. he was a very nice guy. And Eric introduces him to his He's like, this is my partner. Um, and they, like, I don't know. The way that they talk about security guards, it's just like, so what do they think of this guy? Right. Well, so... He turns to, oh, was it Amy that was there? It was, because... Amy gets mad, I think, and, like, walks away, or or Eric says something a little off-color about his mom being angry at him. Well, and then Alan is there, Mm -hmm. and and, uh, Eric's partner walks over to him and says, oh, I'm really sorry about what's going on at your house. I heard everything about the mother getting crazy and throwing everybody out. Mm -hmm. And uh, Eric's like, hey, you, you come back here. Come back here. I need to talk to my dad. So Eric talks to to Alan and Alan is just like, you can't be mad at your mom. Do you understand? Like, I should have fired you. You need to be mad at me. I should have fired you a million times. He said he said he's a goof off. Um, And oh, Eric goes, Dad, why are you talking like this? We're friends. And he's like, we're not friends. I'm your dad. Um, And Eric is like. I don't want to be your friend anymore. <laughs> Alan then goes on to say a bunch of crazy bonkers shit. Oh, like when he says, I started screwing up the day you were born. It's literally the only thing I have written down for this part. And I wrote messing up because the way he says screwing up seemed like an arrow to the chest. It was very bad. It was awful. Like. Uh, cause, cause Eric is like, you know, I, I screw up sometimes. Everybody screws up. And Alan says, I started screwing up the day you were born. 
And he goes on this whole long story that I guess he thinks is supposed to be very smart and eloquent. And and I think people were trying to make it seem like poignant and sweet. Yes. Um, it was poignant in the fact that there was a lot of sadness to it. Yeah. <laughs> he says, like, you know, he was at the hospital and Eric was born and, you know, it was such an important moment for him. The moment that he and he the, had to wear gloves. The doctor to hold handed him. him gloves. Yeah. To hold him and that he never took those gloves off, that for 20 years he's been handling Eric with kid gloves. And now the kid gloves are off. Uh, and it was awful. Yeah. But, you know, he, Eric is like, but you love me. And he's like, yeah, I do love you. And he's like, and you love Corey and Morgan. So why are you just treating me like this? And he was like, I loved you differently. Mm-hmm. You were my first. So I did treat you differently. I loved you differently, which is a good point because I do think that each kid is loved differently, even if it's the same amount. Well, and he says, I did a lousy job of preparing you for the real world. That's a valid point, mm-hmm. too. All of the stuff leading up to this was was not valid. Right. But now he's saying, I did a lousy job of preparing you for the real world, which is what Mr. Feeney was saying. Mm-hmm. Without directly saying it to Alan, he was telling him, Eric doesn't have the motivation to try because right. he hasn't had, had to. to experience that. Um, so anyway, now we go, it's it's night. It's night and we're at, we're outside John Adams' house. Yeah. So I guess the security guards are for the high school. Yeah. That is what they are there for. And um, Eric and his partner don't really have like anything to do. And so his partner says, well, since we don't have anything to do, nothing's going on. It's a really quiet night. They, first, they bring out their guard dog. Who is the cutest hound dog. He's yeah. a basset hound, right? Yeah. And he's so adorable. And the partner's just like... Uh, I don't think your dog is going to do anything if something happens. And they're like, well, you know, it's a good thing it's quiet night. Mm-hmm. Um, and the partner says, like, so since we don't really have anything to do, can you help me study? And he's just like, wait, didn't you say that you were an engineer in your country because the guy immigrated to the United States? He's like, I, yeah, I was an engineer. And he was like, and you're going to go to college again for a second time? And he's like, yes, because here I have to prove again that I am who I say I am. And I'm willing to do it because I'm an engineer. When he says, and here in America, you can you can live out your dreams. And my dream is to be an engineer. So I'm going to school to be an engineer and and fulfill my dreams. And he said, it's, it's very lucky that you've been able to fulfill your dream of being a security guard. And Eric's just like, this isn't my dream at all. Um, and then is this when they notice a rustling right in front of them? There's a rustling in the bushes about eight feet from them and they freak out and Eric runs over to, to attack the person who's vandalizing. With his flashlight up in the air like he's going to hit him in the back of the head. And the the vandal turns around, the vandal who was unlocking the door with his keys. The vandal whose name is George Feeney. Yeah. And Mr. Feeney turns around and he's like, you scared the hell out of me. And Eric was like, what are you even doing here? And Mr. What are you Feeney's doing? Like, he says, I still have to do my job. What are you doing on school grounds after hours, George Feeney? And Mr. Feeney's like, um, SAT prep course, Mr. Matthews. And might I say, it might serve your time better if you come in here with us than it is for you to be out here being a security guard. And they have a quick conversation about Eric saying like, well, I can't. I already took the SATs. And, and Mr. Feeney says, take them again. 
get into college, do something with your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they go back and they sit down and... Uh, they go sit down and they're like sitting directly in front of a window and you see Eric like looking into the window and Sean's just like sitting there shoveling cake into his mouth. Mm-hmm. But Mr. Feeney says like, all right, it's time to actually start studying. And Eric has a paper and pencil and he starts... Oh, I think he has his partner's SAT Oh, book. yeah. Yeah. And he starts studying too. Yeah. So now we go back to the backyard, the the Matthews backyard slash the math the math Feeney backyard. Mm-hmm. We're really at Feeney's backyard, like that's the focal point here. Right. So Mr. Feeney is is at his back door, and Corey and Topanga and Sean run up to him and accost him, and they're mm-hmm. like, "Mr. Feeney, we need to talk to you. We just finished our SATs, or we just got our SAT scores." And very angrily, they're like, we spent all this time listening to you and you taught us and you you trained us to to be prepared. And you ask us all these questions just so we can go in and take our SATs. And we just want to say, and Sean goes, thanks. Thanks, man. Like, Thank you for pushing us. Without you, we wouldn't have done this. And And Eric, Eric says... Also, though, I wouldn't have had that five pounds of cake and I put on this extra That's weight. That's Sean, not Eric. Oh, uh, whatever. And he's like, 10 <laughs> pounds right here. Yeah. It's very different since uh, Eric is the focal point of this episode. Yeah. So Eric is not in this scene. It is Sean. Sean put on 10 pounds because of all the cake, which is fine. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. So then we go to the shop. Yes. Where Amy and Alan are working, it seems like a pretty quiet day in there. There's not a lot of customers, and Eric comes running in, and he's like, all right, so I took my SATs again, and they're like, what? They could not believe that he actually did that on his own, and he hands them the envelope, and it's 200 points higher than the last time. Yeah, it's an 1100, or 1120, Mm -hmm. and they're just like, I'm so proud of you. Oh, I'm so proud of you, Eric. Alan... Comes over and, like, does the best job portraying, like, a proud dad that I've ever seen on TV. Sort of, except he's like, I always knew you had it in you. Like, he's trying to tell him, like, you sucked not too long ago. Yeah, no, what my point was was that he was like, I'm so proud. I'm so very proud. Like, that part. Yeah. Um, So then, like, Eric tells Amy that it must have been really, really hard for Amy to have fired him, that, like, he knows that she loves him and it must have been really hard for her to do that. And then he goes and tells Alan that, like, Alan had said, like, I'm not going to be here forever to make sure that you are navigating the world okay. He had said that in the other conversation that they had. And Eric was like, you said you're not always going to be here. But, like, when you tell me these things... I will be telling my kids these things, and then you're still going to be alive through the things that you taught me. So all of the awful things that Alan has said to him, Eric is like, I'm going to pass all that on to my children. I'm sure he meant the good things. Uh, I hope so. Yep. Uh, and then we go to the post credit scene. Um, the credits are happening at the, this very moment. Uh, Eric comes outside, and he's like, Mr. Feeney? It's super late. Mr. Feeney? Or is it early? It seems oh, like it's early morning. Clever. I think it's like two in the morning. And then he just screams, Feeny! He does the Feeny call. This mm-hmm. is our second Feeny call mm-hmm. ever. Um, and Mr. Feeny comes out all groggy and like in his robe. And, <laughs> his, and his nightshirt is like half unbuttoned. Like he just threw it on in a, <laughs> in a hurry. 
Um, Tiffany sleeps naked. <laughs> Stop, please. <laughs> um, so Mr. Fee comes out. He's like, Mr. Matthews, what are you doing here? And Eric's like, well, I got this notebook with all of these colleges in it, and I don't know which ones are a good one. Like, is this one a good one? And Mr. Fee's like, actually, that one is a very good one. He's like, what about Harvard? And Mr. Fee's like, Mr. Matthews, we can go college shopping in the morning tomorrow. And Eric was like, no, I need to do this now because, like, what if I don't pick the right one and I don't get in? Like, I need to get this done now. Spots are filling up. And you guys taught me that I need to be proactive and do things immediately and not put it off. And Mr. Phoenix like, oh, go put the coffee on. I'll meet you in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. That's the episode. Mm -hmm. Tanya. Yes. Tanya. Yep. Um, all right. I'm going to, I'm going to pretend like. I I, didn't just step on your toe. Yeah. I'm also going (laughs) to pretend like I don't know how you feel about this episode. How did you feel about this episode? I don't think you do know how I felt about this episode. What's do-do? Do know. I don't (laughs) think you do know how I felt about this episode. Okay. Then tell me. I love this. I love this episode. Um, mainly because I love episodes where you can see Eric being a person, even if he's not being treated like a person, he's written like a person. Mm -hmm. Um, it's so weird to me how much we've gone through thinking like, I mean, Eric just gets dumbed down over time, but when he's the focal point, he's not dumb at all. He's talked about very badly. And those are the things that have stuck with us as Eric is so dumb it's more what other people say about him than necessarily what he portrays as a focal point. Now, when he is just a background character, he's pretty dumb. But when it's about him, he's not at all dumb. Like, he's smart. He is. He has a really, really good heart. Like, he's a good person. So it's annoying to me to see these people, like sit there and be like, yeah, well, you know, he was coddled too much and he doesn't know how to take on the real world. First of all, um, to act like he has never done anything to try to motivate himself is ridiculous. Like he's done plenty and he's gone through a lot of like soul searching and trying to figure out what he wants to do. So when his family use his college money to buy a store he's like cool i'm a partner in a store now i have a life path and then they were like actually even though you paid for the store you're fired right with and you and we want you to go to college but also we we took your college money yeah we want you to go to college but you don't have college money because we paid for the store that you are a partner but fired from right and also No matter what job you get, it's not going to be good enough for us because you didn't go to college, even though we spent your college money on the store that we just fired you from. Yeah. But Eric himself, I adored in this episode. Like, I do think that there's something to be said for understanding that just because you have a job doesn't mean that that is the end all be all. That, like, you can keep on working on yourself and get yourself through school or whatever, but that a security guard job is a valid job. Well, yeah. I'll get to my thoughts when it's my turn. You're so kind. I know. Um, I do also think that they did a really good job of the, you know, the guy who was an immigrant explaining the fact that, like, his credentials 
don't mean anything here in the United States, but it was important enough to him to continue to do the thing that was important to him, like here, that he's going to do school all over again. Like that, that was a very important thing. And I think it's important here in the United States for us to understand that the people who are doing jobs that we don't even want to do actually have way more credentials than we do generally. Um, One of the guys who is now, you know, basically just sewing furniture upholstery at our shop was one of the highest end tailors in India when he lived in India. Um, So it's just, I don't know, I thought that was really good and really interesting. I thought... Alan was realistic. I think a lot of us as parents, and I'm sure that we do it and we don't realize, but I think we're also incredibly mindful of um, how other kids are spoken to and we uh, register it in our brains as like we're going to attempt to not do that. Um, But the way that Alan reacted was not unrealistic and I don't even necessarily think that it was as traumatizing like to his child because his child is used to him as it was to us because we actively try not to say things like that to our own children. So I didn't think Alan was bad. I think the things that he was saying was um, completely insensitive and that if he knew his son at all, that he maybe would have changed the way he worded it. And that's how I felt about this episode. I loved it because I love Eric's storylines and Amy and Alan were mean. Mr. Feeney was wonderful. And that's it. How did you feel about this episode? Well, I thought it was pretty good. Um, I I think overall the episode was great outside of Alan. Um, I I felt like Alan was inconsistent, which made it hard for me. uh, Because there were moments where it really was. This is a good thing to be saying. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, you, you were too easy on him and, and you maybe could have directed him in a way that was more pointed. Um, but also you're, you're hanging your hat on the fact that your son didn't go to college and you took his college fund. Um, like you want him to go to school so bad. What do you want him to do? You're, you're not guiding him at all. You're just saying, go to college. But why? What do you want from him? You haven't still haven't told him what you want from him. He doesn't know. So he's not living up to your expectations. He doesn't even know what they are. Uh, so I think it's it. there is a good message in making sure you find what you want to do and figure out what you love and make that your career and your, and your passion. Um, being a security guard might not have been his passion, um, but it's a good job. And and maybe, though, it was his passion. Like, there are people who spend their entire lives being security guards because it's what they enjoy doing. Um, they work their way up, and then they run their own security guard company. Like, it's a career if you want to make it your career. Um, but I also think in the 90s and, and probably 80s and, and 70s, we, as a culture, as a country, were so focused on college. Uh, and, and I think that's started to fall away some as the generations, as our generations have grown up and seen how little going to college has mattered for people that we know and love, unless they knew what they wanted 
and they work towards that. Anybody who went to school who didn't know what they wanted is now in the same position that, that I'm in. Looking for jobs, trying to better ourselves, whatever. Because going to school and spending $90,000 or whatever, I just made up a number because I don't know, and and working tirelessly and spending all of your money just to be in school is pointless. But in the 90s, that's what everyone was told. Um, and I really do think it was a kind of a short blip in time where it was as important as it was. I know it's still important and it's still talked about and and the kids still talk about how they, they're going to have SATs. But our kids are also aware that like, hey, if you don't think the SATs are important and you don't want to work towards it, um, and you know what you want to do with your life, you know, Caden wants to work in, in construction or, or agriculture. He, he wants to build and be outside and, and all that stuff. And he wants to go to a school for that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Aubrey wants to work in, in do culinary school. So that's something that they know they want and they can work towards, which is way different than saying, I don't know, pick a good college and then go there and then spend four years there. And then hopefully you'll figure yourself out. Um, anyway, that was my whole thing about college and not about Boy Meets World. It was related. Um, but overall, I thought it was a really good episode. And I, and I, it wasn't lost on me that Mr. Feeney was trying very hard to teach Alan without telling Alan that he was teaching him. Right. And Mr. Feeney, again, is just so fantastic. Uh, and obviously he even got Sean cake because he wanted Sean to show up at his SAT prep course. Which honestly is one of the sweetest moments, I think. Like, and it's such a background moment. Mm Mm-hmm. But when he starts to go along with what Corey is saying, and he's just sort of like stilted and has no idea how to create this like imaginary exciting world for Sean, he's just like, there will be cake from the bakery, the bakery that I get cake from. And then he does it. And when you see Sean eating the cake, it really, it hit me so hard that this teacher wants his kids to experience their full potential so bad that he's willing to bring cake to an SAT prep course for one kid. And I I actually wrote down when he first started talking about cake and Mr. Feeney said, oh, there will be cake. I wrote down that the cake is a lie because I wanted to talk about how Boy Meets World was the first meme because there was no real cake. And then we get to the end of the episode and Sean is just big ass grin eating cake, listening to Mr. Feeney teach. Like, he's not just sitting there eating. He's, like, watching Mr. Feeney while he eats the cake. Mm -hmm. So I had to scratch that out, and now I can't talk about Portal. But whatever. I did it anyway. (laughs) Um, So overall, I I really liked the episode. Alan was bad, and I think the worst part of it to me was that he was so inconsistent with it. Like, like he just jumped back and forth from, uh, I'm a dad who's an asshole, to, no, 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 but... Uh, I was too easy on you. Yeah. Like, and I guess maybe we're watching him come to grips with the fact that he was a bad father and he didn't teach his son well and he didn't set guidelines for his son well and he didn't um, show his son how to find what he wants in the world. Um, he he showed his son that what he wants, eh, it'll come to you. 
Um, so maybe that's what we're watching, but it still sucks to watch. Yeah. So I was, as you were talking, I was like having the realization that I think a lot of what we were experiencing with Eric wasn't him being bad. And the inconsistency was realistic because of the fact that he truly felt like he had been doing the things that he was supposed to do for Eric to move him along. Mm -hmm. And Amy is sitting there going, no, like you're wrong. Like, Eric has always been treated differently by you. You coddle him. This is how you've been with him. And it dawns on Alan and he has to figure out how to handle that within himself while also dealing with the situation at hand. And like I said, I don't think that he was right in the things that he said, but I think it was realistic. And I also think that we were, he was almost projecting his feelings about himself like onto Eric Mm -hmm. because he was dealing with something that I think as a parent would be really, really difficult Like, anything negative that you deal with as a parent is incredibly difficult. Right. And every parent makes mistakes. And there are times where... And huge ones. Like, every parent. And we all hit a point where we sit back and we go, no, I did the right thing there. And then 30 minutes later, you're like, "I, I fucked up. Yeah. And a lot of times, and I think that the hardest part to come to terms with is the fact that you can't take words back. And words are so harmful. Mm -hmm. And there have been things that I have said to the kids that I will never be able to take back. There are things that Alden has said to the kids that I know, like, they remember and they have taken with them. Mm -hmm. They don't take the good stuff with them as much as they take the bad stuff. And that, I think, was what was so hard about watching Alan is you're watching him speak these things over his kid and... His kid isn't actually doing anything wrong right now, and he's doing his best to try to do everything that they're asking him to, and they're just like, eh, you still missed the mark, buddy. Yeah, but that's how I feel about this episode. I let you talk for a very long time before I said anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but you did then. So I think that's about it for this episode. We want to know how you feel. Yeah, definitely. And where can they tell us how they feel, Tanya? At our Facebook page. We have a Facebook page? Yeah, it's really fun. It was so quiet this past Monday. It kind of sucked. Like, I'm so used to having, like, breaks in my work where I can, like, go and check Facebook and see what everyone is saying and talking about. And I can, like, talk to everyone about Boy Meets World. And I love it so much that this Monday was sort of a, a bummer. Yeah. But... Hopefully you guys will have things to say about this episode and you can just type in Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World in the search bar on Facebook and you'll find our group and Alden may or may not let you in depending on the number of people that are already in the group. He wanted to keep it at 69. I Nice. I, I did want to, but I think I posted about it and then immediately we had two people apply and I was like, oh, well. <laughs> we do want you there. We do. It's It's too late now. We can't go back down to 69. Oh, let's not. Like, don't leave. Yeah. Um, But you can also uh, tweet at us at BMG and BMW, and you can email us at BMG and BMW at gmail.com. Holy shit, she did the whole thing. That was great. You're like a professional. I know. Um, Anything else you want to say before we go, Tanya? Anything else going on that people need to know about? I don't think so. You got a big convention coming up or anything? We are still in COVID times. That's what I want to say. Guys, we're still in COVID times. Yeah. Don't go to parties. Don't go to clubs. If you go out, wear a mask. 
we're still in this, even if we don't want to be. I'm hearing a lot of people saying, I'm just tired of this. Well, guess what? That doesn't change the fact that it exists. People are still dying. People are still getting sick. Please, please continue to practice social distancing. Also, I have been listening to so much Critical Role, and I am on episode 98, I think. Um, And... First off, they talk about Will Friedle every once in a while, and every time they do, I'm like, they know my friend? <laughs> because they're friends with him, because uh, they've done shows with him and stuff. Um, but uh, also, I'm listening to them get to different points in time that we all hit, and it's so weird to listen to. And like one day, I feel like I'm going to go back and listen to how we talked about this as it went along, and... It's going to be so weird and surreal. Yeah, I, I've i had to re-listen to like a couple episodes before where I'm like, I don't remember like how we handled this episode. And I'll go back and listen. I'll be like, oh my gosh, this is like the end of February, like before everything went crazy. Well, and like they, the first podcast of uh, the first Critical Role of 2020, they start talking about how like, oh my God, it's the end of the world out there, the fires and, and the war and all that stuff. And I was like, holy shit, And guys. then they're also talking about, like, touring and stuff, aren't they? Yeah. Because that's how it was re-listening to, like, a Mabim Bam from January where they're talking about, like, the down-to-business tour or whatever. And then they had to cancel all of it. I know. And they're, it's just like they're, they're already saying, man, 2020 sucks already, huh? And I'm like, guys, you have no idea. It does suck. Anyway. It's okay to find beauty in some things, but also continue to social distance. Yes. Anyway, that's going to do it for our podcast. This has been Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World, Season 4, Episode 20. Class dismissed.